Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It is day two of the Russian invasion into Ukraine. I'm not going to waste your time. This is Tanner Talks About Stuff That Happened. I'm Tanner, and I'm talking about stuff that happened today in the last 18 hours since I since I uh, released another episode. I'm still practicing doing this whole daily updates thing, but I feel it's very important to get information out as quickly as possible, especially unbiased information. We are already seeing news agencies twist information to try to make it fit whatever narrative that there's people saying like this would never happen under Trump and this is all Biden's fault. And there's people saying, uh, blaming Trump for colluding with Russia and just all of this ridiculous stuff that is not important because there's a war going on and we need to focus on what's happening in that war and how it could affect the, all of our lives because it will affect, it will have global implications. Nobody's, no, very few people around the world are going to be untouched by this conflict because of how far reaching all of the sanctions that are going into effect today in the last 12 hours. Uh, and it's, it, it's, 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 it's messy. So, in the last 24 hours, we've had some information come out. Um, we knew last night that a large amount of missiles were fired into Ukraine and hit various population centers. And we now know that there were more than 100 of these missiles that were launched into Ukraine last night. Uh, or, if you're in Ukraine early this morning, they were launched from Belarus in the north, which means that Belarus has allied themsel- have, have allied themselves with Russia which most of us already knew that. Well, if you're paying attention, you already knew that that was happening. Belarus is very close to Russia. They're both very authoritarian. Um, they were launched from Crimea in the south, which is the which is the territory that Russia annexed uh, about six years ago. And from the Black Sea. Ships in the Black Sea were firing missiles. That's how population centers further in western Ukraine were hit by these missiles. Targets were primarily military targets and airfields. As I said last night, Russia's uh, initial intention was to cripple Ukraine's military capacity to respond. He, the, Russia wanted to cripple the military infrastructure. That's why they targeted barracks, they targeted munitions depots, they targeted vehicle depots, they targeted airfields, so that when the Ukrainian military tried desperately to respond, when thousands and tens of thousands of Russian troops started storming across their borders, it would be very difficult to do so because so many of their... Uh, equipment centers were bombed, basically. A um, couple things that happened today. Russians were Russians advanced on Chernobyl. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with, with what Chernobyl is, Chernobyl is the site of the largest uh, nuclear disaster in history. Um, nuclear meltdown during the Cold War. Uh, still, that the city of Chernobyl is uninhabitable. You cannot live there. Uh, we were very curious as to why... Um, why Russian soldiers were attacking Chernobyl, and uh, even more curious as to why Ukrainian soldiers were so desperate to defend it. There was a fierce firefight in the area where Chernobyl is now known as the Chernobyl Exclusion Zone, which is the uninhabitable area, and a lot of people were speculating that maybe it's because that nuclear reactor and that site where the nuclear reactor melted down is encased entirely in concrete right now. It's what's I mean, I think several feet thick of concrete, just a dome over the whole thing to keep that radioactive material in. Um, there was some speculation that if Russia was able to hold this area, they could use that as kind of a hostage situation and say, if, U- if Ukraine does not comply and if the Western powers don't back down from the sanctions they're putting on us, we're going to let all this radioactive waste out and basically all of Eastern Europe goes up and everybody's affected. It would be not 
it would be an environmental disaster, complete environmental disaster. Later in the day, it was reported that the Russians have taken the uh, abandoned town of Chernobyl. They have full control over that. I have not heard any word that they are trying to use that as a bargaining chip, as people were worried about. But things could change. This is a this is a rapidly developing situation. Things are very fluid. They change constantly. Right now, there are thousands and thousands of refugees from central Ukraine and other parts of Ukraine heading toward the border of Poland. Uh, they can't go north because Belarus is north, and obviously Belarus is allied with Russia. They can't go south because the Black Sea and Crimea are south, where Russians are coming from. So they can really only go west, uh, and, the, and the only road leading west is the road into Poland. Poland has fortunately opened their borders completely to Ukrainian citizens. They've said, literally, all you need to get into Poland is to be coming from Ukraine. You don't need any sort of identification. All you need is to be coming from Ukraine, and we will let you into Poland. Also, I saw that Moldova is letting refugees from Ukraine, and probably significantly less refugees, but... Uh, Moldova, which is Ukraine's southwest neighbor, will also be letting refugees from Ukraine. And so if you're in Ukraine and you were looking for a place to go and you don't want to get bogged down with the refugees heading to Poland, try Moldova. That's a good spot to go to. Um, there are, I've, I've really, I've just got a huge list of things that happened today in no particular order. I'm just grabbing things as they're happening. An interesting development that happened is that a platoon of Russian soldiers actually surrendered to Ukrainian troops during the fighting, earlier in the fighting. And uh, obviously Russians didn't need to surrender the Ukrainians, they could easily overpower them. So it's interesting that this Russian platoon surrendered to the Ukrainian soldiers. These Russians were interrogated by the Ukrainians once they were taken into custody of the Ukrainian army. And when asked why they surrendered, the Russian soldiers responded that they were not told that they were going to be killing Ukrainians when they came into the country. All they were really told is that they were going to be collecting information. And I don't know exactly what that means, but they just said, we were told we were going to be collecting information from inside Ukraine and especially specifically inside the Donbass region. We were not told that we were going to be killing Ukrainians and we are not here to kill Ukrainians. So they stopped fighting. That's very interesting. And it shows that there was either a breakdown of communication between Russian commanders and Russian soldiers, or Russian commanders were not told, or, or, or either they were not told why they were going to, into Ukraine, or they were told not to tell their troops why they were going into Ukraine. Either way, that is malicious, uh, and that is kind of frightening, honestly. So... In Russia, there are a lot of Russian citizens protesting this war. And I'm not talking like maybe 100, 200. There are thousands in multiple cities. I saw videos of, from St. Petersburg. I saw videos from Moscow. And potentially tens of thousands of protesters. Lots of people lining the streets of various Russian cities. This is, this is moving because... In Russia, Russia does not operate like the United States or like other Western nations. If you want to protest, you can't just go out and protest. You have to get a permit from the government that you're going to go and protest. And the government has to sanction that protest. They have to say, okay, you can go protest, but you can only be here at this time for this long. Um, 
and you have to stay in this location during this period of time. And this is not what happened here. There are thousands of protesters that are protesting the Russian government saying, we do not want to go to war. We do not want this war. We don't want to kill Ukrainians. We have family in Ukraine. We have friends in Ukraine. We don't want this. These protests are being cracked down on by Russian police. Um, there's a lot of police brutality happening. I saw videos of police beating protesters. I saw loads of people getting arrested. It's, it's a nasty situation, but the protesters are not backing down. And it shows that this is not an act of Russian people. This is an act of Vladimir Putin. Uh, Putin is the one orchestrating this. He's the mastermind behind it. He wants this. The Russian people do not want this. So be careful when you say the Russians are attacking is not the Russians. Putin is attacking with his army, his own private army, basically. We got a lot of sanctions today, uh, specifically sanctions from the United Kingdom and from the United States. The United Kingdom and the United States both said that Russian banks can no longer do business with uh, the United Kingdom and the United States. Specifically, the largest banks in Russia can no longer do business. And they did this because uh, Russian oligarchs have a lot of power over the Russian government and a lot of power with Vladimir Putin. They keep Putin's pockets deep. He can do whatever he wants because he's got them them in his pockets. So if they go to Putin, they say, hey, this war isn't, isn't good for us. We want to stop it. It's very possible that he would stop the war. We don't know for sure yet, but that's what we're seeing so far. Also, other sanctions are that uh, nothing can be imported or exported between the United Kingdom and Russia. And if anything, very, very few products. Um, their goal is to cripple the Russian economy so that Russia doesn't have the means to continue fighting the war in Ukraine. We don't know if Ukraine can hold out for that long. It's unlikely. But if that were to happen, Russia would say, okay, fine, we'll stop. Just let our borders back open, get our economy working again. In the Black Sea, a Turkish ship was hit by a Russian missile. Um... It's looking like this was an accident. No one was hurt. No one was killed. The ship was not sunk. The ship was able to return to harbor. Um, but this was a tense moment because Turkey is a part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And if Turkey were to consider this an act of aggression and go to war with Russia, all of NATO would be going to war with Russia, which would make this World War Three. Fortunately, Turkey has a level head and they said, nope, we're not going to do that. We understand this is probably an accident. Um, and it looks like they're investigating that right now. So we said a hundred, over a hundred missiles were shot into Ukraine last night and ballistic missiles were continuing to fall in various locations in Ukraine throughout the day, th throughout this first day of fighting. It looks like, uh, some of these ballistic missiles are striking in residential areas, one particularly near a hospital. This one that struck near a hospital killed two civilians. Hospitals are protected under international law. It is a law that attacking a hospital during a time of war is a war crime. Therefore, you can be prosecuted in an international court for that. So... If Ukraine decides to vocalize on this and say, yes, they shot at a hospital, Putin would then be declared a war criminal and he could be subject to an international court where he could very likely be imprisoned for life or put to death in an international court, which I'm sure he would not be happy with. Um, I also saw a, a numerous videos of warplanes bombing residential areas. Uh, looks like video was shot from a home and 
you can see a Russian warplane come down very low to the ground and bomb very close to that residential area, almost immediately next to that house where the video was shot. I can't imagine that house would be next to some kind of barracks uh, because there was a child in the house and there were women and children in that house. I don't know what U Ukraine's policies are for, uh, with women joining the military, but I do not think this was a barracks. I think this was a residential area and a Russian warplane actively shot a missile into that residential area. So this is, this could devolve into very messy situations. It's already messy. What am I saying? Um, so Ukrainian president Vladimir Zelensky has proposed, ha, pr sorry, promised to arm any willing citizens to fight against the Russians. He has told his, he has released several statements that said, if you want a gun and you are Ukrainian, I will give you a gun so you can fight the Russians. I saw pictures of groups of militia, which essentially are armed populace. Um, they were not in uniform, or if they were in uniform, it was very shoddily put together uniforms, obviously homemade. Um, either speaking to the camera, holding various weapons, usually AK-47s, or just kind of looking at their weapons, obviously not really knowing how to hold them. There were women in these photos holding weapons, there were elderly people in these photos holding weapons, and there were men, both young and old, holding weapons. Uh, looks like the Ukrainian people are more than willing to fight back, and I heard today that uh, Ukraine pl passed a law very recently, maybe even in the last couple hours, that uh, decriminalizes the possession of any sort of weapon whatsoever. Obviously, this is being... Uh, this law was put into action to arm the Ukrainian populace, and it's unclear how long this law will be in effect, or when it will be repealed, or if it's going to stay there forever. But the Ukrainian people are arming themselves. And this brings me to my next point. Um, citizens are responding to this, and the Ukrainians are fighting back. They are viciously fighting back against this Russian incursion. I'm seeing photos and videos of Russian trucks and warplanes being bombed and shot down. Um, all is not lost for Ukraine. Ukraine is not going out without a fight. They released a statement today, actually, that said, we have fought for our independence once before against the Soviet Union, and we are not afraid to do it again. Ukraine will rise, and Ukraine will stand strong. I don't think that Russia was prepared for this sort of resistance. Um, it looks like ha about halfway through the day today, Russia's advance stalled. They moved very quickly over the Ukrainian border into various Ukrainian cities, but it doesn't seem like they're continuing to move forward. It seems like their advance has stalled. And uh, with the Ukrainian de declaration that any Ukrainian person that can hold a gun is able to do so, it seems like the Russians are going to get bogged down pretty quickly with that if many of the Ukrainians decide to stick around and fight the Russians. Uh, because President Vladimir Zelensky has called for the citizenry to rise up and fight. This is going to get really interesting. And that's also very interesting because now that all these Ukrainian people have guns, it's going to make it really hard for Russia to uh, gain control in the country overall. It could become something like a Vietnam for them. Um, because all these Ukrainian people now have guns. And guns shipped in from all over the world. Lots of lots of other Western nations are shipping weapons into Ukraine because they don't want Russia to take them over. Or even for Russia to have their way at all. Um, so, if Russia is able to take over the country, let's say, hypothetically, uh, Putin takes full control over Ukraine, institutes, its own, institutes his own 
uh, government over it. Maybe it stays Ukraine, but Putin has control over the country as a satellite state, essentially. He still has to deal with these tens of thousands of people, Ukrainian people, who don't want a Russian, a pro-Russian regime in there, and now they all have guns. And it's very likely that they would continue to fight against that regime for years and years and years, costing for more uh, Russian military lives, lots of Russian military casualties, and just a tumultuous situation in Ukraine constantly over time. And I don't know if Putin wants that. I don't know if it's worth it to him to do that. I don't know what his end game is. If, it, is if, if his end game is much grander than, the, than just taking over Ukraine and instituting a puppet state, then maybe it's worth it to him. But from the way I see it, I don't think he was anticipating that that would happen. Um, another, another thing I don't know that he anticipated is that uh, the United States has moved troops into Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Romania, and Germany to deter further Russian aggression. Now, the one thing that all these countries have in common is that they are all part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. All of the Baltic states, all three of the Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, uh, and Romania and Germany are all... Uh, oh, I think we also moved troops into Poland. And they are all part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, so it's very unlikely that Poland would attack... Or that, uh, sorry, Putin would attack them anyway. But now... Biden has put a bunch of troops into all of those nations so that if any American troops get in, uh, have to engage Russian, Russian soldiers, that will be an act of war against the United States, therefore an act of war against all of NATO, therefore all 30 NATO countries would be obligated to send soldiers to fight Russia, which would lead to World War III, that, which obviously Russia would lose that war. I don't think Putin wants that. I think he's smarter than that. A lot of people are calling him a madman, but I don't think he is. I think this is relatively calculated. I think he's been planning this for a long time. Ukraine has asked the European Union for anti-air missile defense systems. I believe that the European Union will uh, help Ukraine in this, in this particular endeavor. I think that they will send armaments into Ukraine to be able to fight off all of these Russian warplanes that are bombing the hell out of Russian cities. Now, let's be clear, they are not asking for the European Union to join in the fight. I saw some articles that said that the European Union were at, was asking for, um, or, or Ukraine was asking the European Union to join them and help them in the fighting. That's not true. They were asking for equipment. Ukraine is, the Ukrainian leaders are very intelligent and they are proving that they understand this situation on the global stage very well because they are not asking for NATO or the EU to, to send troops and put boots on the ground in Ukraine. They are specifically asking just for help arming their people and arming their armies so they can continue to fight off the Russians for as long as possible. Now, Putin released a statement today, and he said that because of the national security situation concerning the Ukraine and NATO, the reason that he attacked Ukraine is that he had, quote, no other choice. Now, if you ask me, this is ridiculous. Of course he had other choices. I do not think Ukraine posed an existential threat to Russia. I don't think anyone in the West wanted war with Russia. No one had any interest in attacking Russia. I don't know what Putin's endgame is, and I've said that before. I've got a couple ideas that I'll talk about in a little bit. But I do not think that you, the Ukraine 
or any of the surrounding countries or NATO poses an existential threat to Russia. I don't know what Putin's getting at here. I think this is an app flat out lie, just like he said for the last couple of weeks saying that he had no intention of invading the Ukraine. But because he invaded the Ukraine, he is already suffering the economic uh, losses from it. The Russian stock market reportedly fell 50% overnight. 50% lost half of its value. Russians are cashing out. I looked at one of the one of the uh, central banks of Russia. 62% of its volume was lost just in the last 24 hours. That's it. 24 hours and it lost 62% of its trading volume. That is a staggering number. And the Russian economy is going to suffer from that. A lot of people just lost 62% of their savings. Tragic for the Russian people, obviously, but demonstrates to Putin that this is, this is the cost of his war. Uh, he released another statement a little bit later today. As the first day of fighting came to an end and night fell over the Ukraine, Putin said he is willing to negotiate the terms of surrender with the Ukraine as long as Ukraine removes all weapons from within its borders. All of them. Every single weapon of war has to be removed from Ukraine's borders, and he will agree to terms of surrender. Now, we talked last night a little bit and said that one of Putin's goals is to demilitarize the Ukraine, and it's showing it here that that is his goal is to demilitarize the country, remove all military means from the country to put a strict buffer between him between the Russian Federation and NATO countries. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I do not think that the Ukraine is going to surrender that easily. Not when now so many citizens are armed and actively fighting back. The Russian advance has stalled in Ukraine. I don't know how long it's going to be stalled for, but it is stalled. The, Ukraines are f the Ukrainians are fighting ferociously against the Russian incursion. Heroically. I am in awe of how fiercely they're fighting. It's, it's really stirring, actually. I saw a number of videos today of Russian men saying goodbye to their families as their families get on buses and trains to leave for the Polish border, as the men are going to go back and fight. And it's, it's heartbreaking. This is, this is a sad situation. But in the sadness and darkness of Ukraine, these people are continuing to fight. They're not giving up. They will continue to fight this war. They will not let Putin walk all over them with his big guns and big military. They've had that happen before. Many of the people who are alive in Ukraine right now were alive during the Soviet Union, and they have experienced Russian governments walking all over them and dictating what they can and cannot do. And they don't want that to happen again. That's why there are so many elderly people fighting against this Russian incursion. Because they will not allow authoritarian Russians to be in control of their lives again. It's not happening. They will not allow that. Now, yesterday I said brief... I have to clear up a couple things. I think just one thing that I said yesterday that I said I don't know if this is true or not. Um, I said there may be an amphibious invasion in the town, uh, the port city of Odessa in southwestern Ukraine. Uh, turns out that was false. There was not an amphibious invasion at that time. 
Now, uh, I just watched a video before recording this episode that there is gunfire heard in the city of Odessa. And so that means that now an amphibious invasion of Odessa is taking place or an airborne invasion. Maybe they, maybe the Russians dropped troops in there, but there is now fighting in Odessa. So there is fighting in Kharkov, which is in Northern Ukraine, uh, in the outskirts of Kiev, which is the capital in central Ukraine, Odessa, uh, obviously fighting in Luhansk and Donetsk, uh, Donetsk. I think that's how you pronounce that. Also in Donbass, there is fighting happening. Um, and the Russian advance has stalled in Ukraine. The Ukrainians are now arming all of their civilians who are willing. And things for the Russians just got a lot more complicated for that reason. The Ukrainians are fighting tooth and nail for their territory. A statement was just released that... Uh, I think it was 147 Ukrainians have been killed since the fighting began. That's military numbers, not civilian. Last I checked, I think 17 civilians had been killed in the fighting. Tragic, of course, obviously. Russian numbers have not been released, probably because uh, Russia's not really releasing any information about its invasion right now. The only information they released is that they said one warplane has been destroyed, but that was it. I can confirm that that was completely untrue because I've seen video of at least three warplanes being shot down. Ukrainian estimates are higher. Uh, the Ukrainians are fighting back, as I've said many times. Um, I've also seen videos of trucks being destroyed, which the Russians have not reported. Russian trucks have been destroyed by Ukrainian fire. Um, and so it will it will be interesting to see what each nation reports in terms of their fighting strength and their casualty numbers. So that is everything I've got from today. News has become a little bit less intensive because I really just think the Russian advance is stalling. I think the initial attack was very successful, but now uh, things are not going as swimmingly for Putin as he may have hoped they would have go. This is not Poland in 1939, which was already under, under attack by Nazi Germany. This is Ukraine in 2022, which is fiercely nationalist. And if they weren't nationalist, they are now very, very nationalist. And they're willing to fight for every single inch of territory in Ukraine because that's their homeland. The Russian soldiers are not fighting for their homeland. They're fighting because a leader went and told them to. Two last things before we finish up here. One, uh, looks like China sent a bunch of warplanes to go hover over Taiwan for a little bit. Now, if you listen to my what's going on in Ukraine emergency broadcast, uh, I was worried about what's happening in Ukraine because what happens in Ukraine could dictate what happens in Taiwan. Russia wants to neutralize Ukraine. China wants to neutralize Taiwan and actually annex Taiwan into China. And I think both nations were kind of watching the other to see what was going to happen. Taiwan is standing up to China. Ukraine is standing up to Russia. Now, Russia has invaded the Ukraine. The West has put a lot of sanctions on them. They're shipping a lot of material into Ukraine to fight off the Russian army, but they are not actively intervening. My worry is that Xi Jinping, the leader of China, could look at this and say, oh, well, the West is intervening. They're sending a bunch of armaments. They're sending sanctions, but they're not actually fighting back. They're not actually uh, putting boots on the ground to help Ukraine. So maybe we could attack Taiwan and the West won't intervene. 
The difference with that is that Taiwan is actually a U.S. ally. I don't know if there's a treaty organization there. I'm, I'm going to look that up after I'm done with this podcast, but there could very well be some kind of organization that uh, Taiwan is in so that if China attacks Taiwan, a lot of other countries will come to Taiwan's aid. Then we could have World War III very quickly. So China sent nine warplanes into the Taiwanese airspace, which could be considered an act of war, but Taiwan is not going to consider it that. They sent Taiwan sent a message to these planes and said, get out right now or we're going to have an issue. So the planes turned tail and left. It's very curious that this happened the day of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Are we headed for further hostilities between Taiwan and China? We're going to have to find out. Last thing. We finally got some idea of what Putin is wanting to do here from the horse's mouth. And what he said is when he gave a speech to the Russian people just before the invasion, he said that Ukraine is historically Russian. And yesterday, I believe I said something about how it was part of the Soviet Union, but that's actually not what Putin alluded to. He alluded to the Russian Empire, which was there before the Soviet Union. So it looks like Putin does not actually want to recreate the Soviet Union. He may be wanting to recreate the Russian Empire, which could be more terrifying than the Soviet Union and the recreation of it thereof. If he wants to recreate the Russian Empire, he's got a lot more countries that he could be interested in invading. Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Poland, parts of Romania, even, Moldova, easily, the Stans, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Mongolia. If Putin wants to recreate the Russian Empire, all of these countries could be right in his path of attack. I don't know if that's what he wants to do. But the way he was talking earlier, we might be looking at that. And again, I don't want to scare anybody here. I'm just trying to offer as much information as I possibly can. All right. That's all for today. I will be back tomorrow with another update. Thanks for tuning in. This is Tanner Talks About Stuff That Happened. Tell your friends, tell your family. I'm updating every single day with as much information as I can possibly get. I'll catch you tomorrow.